The following is a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit AmarilloFellowship.com. seated today. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 3 verse 1. We've been in a series called Armed and Dangerous so that we can become armed with the Word of God and dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. That's why we're doing this series, so that we'll become armed with the Word of God and dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Now, the devil does not want you to become armed with the Word of God. It's one of the reasons why he tries everything that he can to keep you from showing up to church on Sunday mornings because faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing the word of God. It's one of the reasons why when you get up in the morning, he wants to distract you with news or sports events or whatever it is to get into the paper because that seems so much more important than getting into the word of God. But when we become armed with the word of God, we become dangerous to the kingdom of darkness and the devil hates that. Listen, because it not only affects your life, it affects your family's life, your co-worker's life, the environments that you walk in, those environments begin to change because you're armed with the Word of God. And again, when we're armed with the Word of God, we're dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. Right? All right. So, in order for that to happen, the Word of God, God's Word, the Bible, Okay, that's the word of God to you and I. It has to be the foundation in which our belief system is built on. It cannot be upon the popular thinking of the day. Because there are people that will try to water down the word of God. You can actually make the word of God say anything that you want it to say. You don't like somebody very much, you can open up and Judas hung himself on a tree. Well, maybe that's not for you, but let me flip over. Go thou and do likewise. All right? So we can make the word of God say anything that we want it to say. So we've got to understand the full breadth of the word of God. Listen, when you come on Sunday mornings, I know that some of you feel like, well, man, that message is so incomplete because that can't all be all there is. And it's true. That's not all there is. This is just a piece of the foundation that we're building on all the time. And so every week we're trying to lay a brick into the foundation of the belief system that you can walk in so that you can walk in the abundant life that God has for you. So here's what the Word of God says in John 10.10. Go ahead and stay there in Genesis 3, but this is from the Amplified Version again. The thief, talking about the devil, comes only in order to steal and to kill and to destroy. Anytime something is being stolen from you, anytime something is dying, anytime something is being destroyed, you have to recognize that is not from God. That's not God's purpose. That's not God's plan. Well, why doesn't God stop it? Because you and I live in a fallen world, and God is not about to take away the free will that he's given us. And unfortunately, people make wrong choices. So he's come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus goes on and says this, I came that they may have and enjoy life. God came, Jesus came, that you might have and enjoy life, and have it, have life, in abundance, to the full, till it overflows. Now, I don't know if you knew that about life, what God's plan for you, what God's purpose for you, what God desires for you in life, but his desire is for you to have, have life and enjoy life and have that life in abundance to the full until it overflows. Now, I promise you there's going to be some challenges to that revelation. 
You're going to have to walk by faith. You're going to have to choose to believe what Jesus said, or you can choose to believe the circumstance. You can choose to believe how you feel about the circumstance and the situation. But Jesus came that we might have and enjoy life in abundance to the full till it overflows. So we have to decide that we're going to believe the word of God. I pray that's what you're deciding is that we're going to believe the word of God because the word of God gives us the revelation of all the promises that God has made available to us. And it's by believing and receiving. It's not by doing all the right things during the week. It's not by perfect behavior. It's by believing and receiving that the word of God is becoming appropriated to our life. I don't think that's the right way to say it. It's by believing and receiving that the word of God is appropriated for our life. It begins to show up in our life. Suddenly tangible evidence of the promises of God starts showing up in our life and all the blessings that we find there. So again, I hope and pray that you're beginning to understand how powerful the word of God is. The word of God in the mornings, the word of God in the afternoons, in the evening is not some religious checklist that you check off and go, okay, God, I did that. Now what else? It's because we're getting into the word and the word is getting into us. And when the word gets into us, it begins to establish our belief system and we begin to understand God's purpose, plan, and design for our lives. Listen, if you're allowing anything besides the word of God to set your belief system, it limits you from walking in the abundant to the full till it overflows life. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, I want you to know that you're going to be blessed. How many of you recognize that you're blessed? I'm going to look around and I, can, I see a bunch of blessed people today, people that are blessed because we're followers of Jesus Christ. But if you want to walk in that abundance to the full, till it overflows, that God really wants you to have, you're going to have to decide to believe what God says about you, what he says about himself, and what he says about your situations. So you need to ask yourself, how did I develop my belief system? Why do you believe what it is that you believe? It's be, is it because mama says Is it because your daddy says? Is it because somebody spoke something over you or you read something and you've chosen to believe that to define your belief system? Because if that belief system, the way that you think, doesn't line up with the word of God, then what you'll discover is that the destiny that God has for you won't line up with the word of God. So the way that you believe will determine the way that you think. The way that you think will determine the way that you feel and the way that you feel or your emotions which is what I want to talk about today. And just so you know, this is for all of us here today, not just a particular sex or a particular group of people. Your emotions will determine your actions or the things that you say. You see, here's how the progression goes. Belief in the word of God will produce thinking or thoughts that will line up with the word of God. Thinking or thoughts that line up with the word of God will produce feelings and emotions that line up with the word of God. Feelings and emotions that line up with the Word of God will produce actions and words that line up with the Word of God. Now, I've talked to you about that before, but the progression actually goes on from there because here's what it says. Actions and words that line up with the Word of God will produce habits that line up with the Word of God. And habits that line up with the Word of God will produce character that lines up with the Word of God. And character that lines up with the Word of God will bring you into the destiny that lines up with the Word of God. Now, I know some of you are almost overwhelmed and you're going, oh my goodness, I cannot focus on all of those things. Let me let you know, you don't have to. The thing that you have to focus on is right believing. Because if you believe right, you'll think right. If you think right, you'll start feeling right. 
Your emotions will be right. If your emotions are right, your actions and your words will be right. If your actions and words get right, the habits will get right. If the habit gets right, the character will get right. And if the character gets right, you'll walk into the right destiny that God has for you. So you don't have to focus on all these fruit things. You just have to go back to the root and say, what am I believing? So when my thinking's wrong, my emotions are wrong, my actions are wrong, my habits wrong, my character's wrong, any of those things are wrong, I got to go, I'm not believing right. Therefore, I must go back and choose to believe what the word of God says about God, about me, and the power of his word operating in my life. See, because if you don't believe the word of God, then you won't wind up in the destiny that God has for you. So today, I want to talk to you about your emotions. Okay, now we're, this isn't going to be a touchy feeling. We're all going to share today. So, but I want to talk to you about your emotions because the devil only needs three steps to move you away from your destiny. Here's what he'll do. He'll speak his words. He'll get you to think in line with his words. And then he'll use your emotions to move you away from the destiny that God has for you. Let me say it again. He'll speak his words. He'll get you to think in line with his words, and then he'll use your emotions to move you away from the destiny that God has for you. So here's what I mean by emotions. Here's what emotions are. Emotions are feelings on the inside caused by pleasure or pain designed to move you in a particular direction. Say it again. Feelings on the inside caused by pleasure or pain designed to move you in a particular direction. See, it can either move you towards or away from God's purpose in your life. Look at the word, emotions. The word motion, you see that it's in there. It's designed to move you. And what I'd like you to see is how we deal with our emotions will play a big part whether or not we will experience the abundant life that God has for us. See, God gave us emotions, and he gave emotions to us so that they would be a gift to us, so that we would enjoy life. So while God intended for you to have emotions, God never intended for emotions to have you. God never intended for your emotions to take charge over your life and to run your life. You are supposed to take charge over your emotions and not let your emotions take charge over you. See, some people believe that their emotions are actually in charge. And because they believe their emotions are in charge, their emotions actually are in charge. So the moment they get a little frustrated, they just say whatever they want to say. Well, I can't help it. That's just how I feel. We're either in charge of our emotions or our emotions are in charge of us. See, God has given us emotions so that they can be a blessing. They add flavor and spice to life. See, so that when we come into the presence of God, I love being in the presence of God and worshiping God like this morning. Man, when we were singing that song, No Other Name, man, I just felt the presence of God. I love those feelings. I love to lift my hands and shout because of the revelation I have about who Christ is. But sometimes it's not there, but when it's there, I love it. I love emotions with my wife. I love the feeling of being in love with my wife. But to be quite honest with you, about two minutes of every year, those emotions are not quite there. Okay, maybe it's a little more often than that. But what Hollywood teaches us is that love is how you feel. Oh, if you just feel, oh, if you feel that's, if you don't feel it, it's probably not really love. That's a lie from the enemy. Love is a verb. Love is choices that you make. Love is putting yourself in a position to make sure that you're making the right choices. So God gave us emotions so that they would be a blessing. But if negative emotions rule your life, 
And listen, all of us can find ourselves here. We can find ourselves where negative things, negative thinking, where the devil's played a home movie in our mind about something our spouse said or something that's going on around us and we start buying into the lies of the enemy and suddenly these emotions are just taking charge and we just go with our emotions. If negative emotions are ruling your life, then they will move you up, out, and away from the destiny that you were created for. And all of a sudden, instead of you having authority over your emotions, your emotions now have authority over you. Let, let me illustrate this to show you how important it is for us to take charge over our emotions. Let me, let me read this little thing, which, by the way, this is just something that I had written down. It's not a true story. I had somebody come up to me in the first service go, what happened to the guy? Just so you know, it's just, it's just an illustration. But here's what happened. Let's say a guy purchased a brand new automobile and he's driving down Bell on his way to church when all of a sudden a guy runs a, a stoplight and plows right into the side of him. Well, he's a born-again Christian, a member of Amarillo Fellowship, and he knows that if he can control his tongue, he can control his entire body. So he gets out of the car intending to control his mouth. But the other guy gets out and starts cussing like a sailor at him, starts making all of these false accusations, and so without thinking, this born-again Christian cold cocks him and punches him right in the face. Now, so the guy that gets punched in the face decides to press charges against this man. Now notice that this man is a born-again Christian in his new car going towards the will of God, but at that intersection where they had the wreck, he let his emotions rule the day, so he punched the guy in the face, and now the guy's pressing charges against him. So he goes to jail. He goes to jail on a Sunday. Well, Monday is a holiday, so he isn't going to be arraigned until Tuesday. His boss really needs everyone to be at work on Monday. In fact, he has told them that if you don't come into work on Monday because it's a holiday, you're going to lose your job. At the same time, the previous week, his wife had had a discussion with him about how they needed to tighten up on their fi finances. Now, she just can't take it anymore, and she can't stand what's going on with it. And if it keeps going on, she's going back to mama. All right? When he finally gets out of jail on Tuesday, he doesn't have a job, his wife isn't at home, and he has no idea what's going on. So he asks himself, how on earth did I get so far over here? How on earth did I get so far away from the will of God? See, it all started when he had the accident, when he allowed his emotions to take charge of his life instead of taking charge of his emotions. Listen, the way that God has designed you and I, he has created you and I, that no matter what is happening to us, before we respond, there's a space where we can think about our response. That's why my, one of my favorite quotes is by Eleanor Roosevelt that said, no one can hurt you without your consent. People can say things about you, they can do things to you, but you can choose to say, I'm not receiving any of that. So you actually have a choice in the midst of an emotional turmoil situation going on around you to actually respond right. You don't have to say those things you always say to that other person. Okay? You're not being real. In fact, I hope you're not being real because those ugly things that you're saying, I hope you don't really believe that, but you just got caught up in the emotion of the moment. So we can control our emotions. And listen, if you didn't control your emotions, go back and say, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I, I blew it right there. It's one of my favorite words. I have to say it continuously. I'm sorry. All because he didn't take charge of his emotions. Listen, it's the same thing that happens on a job. You know that you have three kids and a wife at home. You know that you have a house or a car payment. You know that you have people to take care of. It's people that you're responsible for. 
But something negative happens at work and you let yourself get offended and you go off and say something to your boss. And you end up getting fired because you couldn't control your emotions. Now you have to go home and tell your family that you're not sure how you're going to provide for them because you allowed your emotions to lead you in the wrong direction that took you away from the will of God for your life. Listen, the Bible says that all authority is established by God. And that boss that you work for, you need to treat him with honor. You really do. And not so much because he or she always does the most honorable things, but we do it because we're honorable. We make a choice that no matter what he or she does, I'm going to do the right thing. I'm going to be honorable. That's God's will for your lives. See, there are all kinds of wrong emotional responses that play out in our lives similar to these things that keep us from the abundant life that God has for us. So I think that we can recognize that our emotions really do play an important part of us walking in the destiny that God has for us. Because our emotions are the fruit of the root. They are the result of what we believe or what we are thinking about. See, if, if your boss is trying to keep you down and holding you back, all you can recognize is that what I believe is that God is my provider, not this boss. It isn't this company. This is the company that God's choosing to work through right now in my life to, to provide for me. So I'm going to be the very best employee that I could. As followers of Jesus Christ, we should be the very best employees in the world. Don't shout me down today. We should be the very best followers of Jesus Christ in the world. And the reason is, is because of who we are. We're children of the Most High God. So we have to recognize that the emotions are the fruit of the root of the result of what we're believing or what we're thinking about. And if you don't recognize how powerful your emotions are, they can take you in a direction that you don't want to go. And if you're not careful, you can find yourself away from the will of God, away from the purpose of the abundant life that God has for you. Are y'all picking up what I'm laying down today? All right. See, this is what happened in the Garden of Eden. Satan came and deceived Adam and Eve. He used words to change the way that they believed and caused them to start thinking differently than what God had said. And it caused them to, to make an emotional response that took them in a direction that was away from the abundant life that God had for them. So in Genesis chapter 3, if you have, that, have it there in your Bibles, it says this. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said? Some of your Bibles say, did God really say? That's the biggest accusation you'll hear from the enemy all the time. Did God really say that by his stripes you're healed? Did God really say that you're more than a conqueror? I'm, I'm not sure if that's for you. Did, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree in the garden? Now notice the devil's phrasing, you shall not, trying to bring a negative. He's trying to plant seeds of unbelief in Eve's mind, thinking that God's withholding from her. Verse 2, and the woman said to the serpent, you may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it. Which, by the way, she actually added that. And sometimes when we get so focused on the rules, we start adding stuff. Amen. To be a Christian, you got to be in church every week. You know you don't. Now, it's good that you do, but it doesn't make you a, a Christian. It makes you a better Christian, but it doesn't make you a Christian. So she added, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Verse 4, then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. That's not what God said. In fact, if you back up to Genesis chapter 2, it says this. Then the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, of every tree of the garden, you may freely eat. 
You recognize that? Every tree of the garden you may freely eat. Are you seeing the goodness of God? Of every tree. You may freely. You don't have to pay to eat. How many of you know it's great when you don't have to pay to eat? Amen? Of every tree of the garden you may freely eat, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat it you shall surely die. So that is what God said. Again, notice that God's saying freely, except for the the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God wanted them to eat freely so we'd understand how good God is, but there was a tree that was not good for them. See, what the devil has to do is to get you out of the will of God for your life is he has to speak his words and get you to believe and receive his words so he speaks words that oppose the word of God. You will surely not die. But God said, you will die. Why? Because the tree's not good for them. Not because God's saying, no, 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 this is, this is a special tree, and I want you to really want this one. No, it's not good for them. It's not actually good for our conscience to have the revelation of the knowledge of good and evil. That's why Adam and Eve were able to walk around in their birthday suits, and it didn't bother them. But the moment they ate of that, suddenly it bothered them. But those words, you will not surely die, were now heard by Adam and Eve and it began to shape their thinking. Again, this is what happens when the enemy is accusing you. You're watching a sitcom. Something's happening that's contrary to the word of God, whatever it is. It starts to shape your thinking. The devil is accusing God of holding out on them, making it seem like he wants less than for their life rather than more than for their life. So as those words are shaping what it is they believe about God, they start thinking about eating from the tree. And as they begin thinking about how God is holding out on them, their emotions move them away from the abundant life that God has for them. And it all began with words that they were hearing. Those words began to shape what they thought. And so all of a sudden, people who were ready to obey God, they now look at the tree as something to be desired. Now they're in their emotions. Remember, belief, God's, God's holding out on us. Man, you know what? God is holding out on us in their thinking, and suddenly they're now in their emotions. And they're looking at the tree as something to be desired. They're being seduced by the tree now that they've heard those words. Now that they got to thinking, and now that they're feeling like God's trying to hold out on them, they feel like it's probably okay for me to partake of that tree. And their feelings now move them away from God's plan of abundant provision for their life, so they ate of the tree. This is the challenge for us in our lives all the time because the enemy is always coming in trying to drop words into your heart, trying to drop words into your mind that it's okay. I talk to people all the time about different ways that we should live as followers of Jesus Christ and they say, well, I think such and such and such and such. And I say, okay, now why do you think that? Can you show me that in the word of God? Well, no, I can't, but that's what I really think. That's what I, what they're really saying is that's how I really feel. So it has to be in alignment with the word of God. Because here's what's happening. Satan sitting back, they're laughing because he says this. All I had to do was say the words. You got to thinking and then your emotions moved you towards the place that I desired you to go. See, and this is what happens every time the devil comes in to move you away from the abundant plan that God has for your life. God does not want us to operate in mere Christianity. Just so you know, you're still going to heaven if you've received Jesus Christ as your life. But what God wants is for you to walk in the abundant life, to the full, till it overflows. Not so that you have more stuff, 
but so that when you recognize all that God has blessed you with, you're able to be a greater blessing. God blesses us so that we're blessed and so that we're able to be a blessing to others. That's why we have absolutely no problem talking to you about investing in the kingdom of God with money. I know some of you are thinking all the time, it's all that church ever talks about is money. No, it's not. What we're trying to provide for you is an opportunity to get in on the ground floor of the kingdom of God, where the Bible says that you lay up treasures in heaven, where moth and rust can't destroy, where thieves can't break in and steal. And not only does God want to bless you in the next life, he wants to bless you in this life. The Bible says the blessing of the Lord makes one rich and he adds no sorrow to it. But again, the enemy comes in with false words, wrong words. And I can tell you, even as a pastor, it's easy for me to get intimidated about talking about money because I know that that's the way some of you think. But I'm sorry. I am. I'm not trying to be mean, but I want you to know that God's got an abundant to the full overflowing life that he wants to have operating in your life. But we got to get our lives in alignment with the principles that are found in the Word of God. doesn't make God love us more, just so you know. But it does help us to walk in that overflow life that God has for us. See, Jesus came that we might have life in abundance to the full till it overflows. He came to set you free. He, he doesn't want you bound even by a checkbook. You know, people, when you talk about having money, people say that, well, all they think about is money. Honestly, people that are broke probably think about money more than people that actually have money. Because they're trying to figure out, how am I going to pay a bill? And they're so focused on just trying to make some things happen that they miss out on opportunities to serve other people. So there's a freedom. God came to set you free from the law of sin and death. He came that you might have life in abundance to the full, Till it overflows. See, but part of that freedom is we don't have to be emotionally ruled. Now listen, I'm not downplaying some of the emotions that some of you are dealing with, but we don't have to be emotionally ruled. You can take charge over negative emotions. You can take charge over seduction. Guys, you can take charge over that. You got that little new secretary there in, in your office, and, and she wears a dress that's so tight it takes her from bow-legged to knock-kneed. You know what I'm talking about? And she's really friendly to you. She's being really kind to you. And suddenly you start thinking, you know what? Hey, man, I'm 51, but this girl's checking me out. We can become emotionally ruled and we can start making wrong decisions instead of making right decisions. I am a man of God. I am faithful to my wife. I'm committed to my marriage. It, it, it helps us to take charge over seduction, over depression. We don't have to live under depression. Go back to believing right over inferiority. Listen, you are not less than. I don't care what your family may have spoken over you when you were growing up. You do not have to operate in inferiority. I know that some of you that are a little bit more unique or different than other family members, it's okay. God made you that way. He made you for a special purpose and a plan. Your, your focus of life is to discover that purpose and plan that God has for your life. See, any of these emotions that try to move you away from what God has you, these negative words and emotions are being used by the kingdom of darkness to lure you away from what it is that God has for you. You don't have to give in to those negative words. You don't have to give in to those negative emotions. You can choose to start reading, studying, believing, and applying the word of God. Now, I promise you, the words you're going to hear is, it's just too difficult, it's too challenging, it's too hard. It's one of the great reasons to get involved in a connect group. 
There, there's some of them that are studying the Bible. Some of them are studying books that, that talk about the Bible. It's a great way for the Word of God to get into your life. But you can start reading, studying, believing, and applying the Word of God. Listen, even if you don't get it at first, just stay in there. Keep reading it. And I'm telling you, the revelation of God is going to start showing up. You can place your trust in God. You can trust God with everything in your life. He really is a good God. You can choose to believe and receive his promises. See, that's how you really experience the freedom that's found in Christ. God does not want us walking through the Christian life with like a low-grade fever. We're not, you know, super sick and we're not, we're just kind of barely getting by, but oh, life's kind of murky and just... God wants you operating in the more than. Christ died to give you freedom. In fact, Jesus said this in John 8. Then Jesus said to the Jews who believed in him, if you abide in my word, all that means is you're hanging out in the word of God. Listen, if you miss a day or you miss a few days or you even miss a few weeks, get back, start again. Just start developing that godly habit in your life of getting into the word of God. If you abide in my word, then you are my disciples indeed. And you shall know the truth, and the truth shall set you free. There's a freedom that God wants you to walk in. It's the truth that's found in God's word that will set you free. The word of God is not bondage. It's not keeping you from something. It's the word of God that will set you free. It'll set you free by helping you understand all the promises that God has for you. It'll help you understand how good God is. It'll help you understand who you are hidden in Christ Jesus. So again, watch the progression. Belief in the word of God will produce thinking or thoughts that line up with the word of God. Where do we go to all the time? Belief. God, I choose to believe. God, I choose to believe. God, I believe. I choose to believe and receive that promise for me. Belief in the word of God will produce thinking or thoughts that will line up with the word of God. Thinking that lines up with the word of God will produce feelings and emotions that line up with the word of God. Feelings and emotions that line up with the word of God will produce actions and words that line up with the word of God. Actions and words that line up with the word of God will produce habits that will line up with the word of God. And habits that line up with the word of God will produce character that lines up with the word of God. And character that lines up with the word of God will bring you into the destiny that God has for you that lines up with the word of God. See, and when we're talking, walking in the destiny that God has for us, it's because we become armed with the word of God. We know the truth and the truth will set us free. So that means that when the lie of the enemy comes to you and the devil starts saying, you know what, you need to leave her. You know what? She doesn't really care about you. You can instantly take that thought captive and say, I thank you, God, Father, that I've made a commitment before God and man to walk in this marriage, and I'm going to stay committed to the marriage. You can make choices. You know what? You're not ever going to get healed. Well, the Word of God says, by His stripes, I'm healed. So whether it's on this side or in the next life, I'm going to be healed. Now, I believe that God wants to heal us in this life, but as followers of Jesus Christ, we always win. I know that death freaks us out. But to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. That means to be absent from this life with its pain and sorrow and suffering is to be in the presence of Jesus where there is no pain, no sorrow, and no suffering. We choose to believe the word of God. And when we're armed with the word of God, we become dangerous to the kingdom of darkness. I want to close with this. There are people who say, Pastor Rich, it's just so hard to rule over my emotions. And I'll have to admit, sometimes it's challenging. And I shared the, the driving story, and as you all know, that's my Achilles heel in the spirit realm. The driving, and this past week, I'm pulling onto the highway, and a car 
about runs me over and acts like it's my fault. And so being the good Christian that I am, I speed up next to him, give him the stare down a few times. And we're driving for about five miles back and forth. I'm just thinking, you know what, Richie, you're, you're a ding-a-ling. Seriously. <laughs> Not only did I ruin my night, I ruined his night. Seriously. So I apologize, sweetheart. <laughs> my first time to come clean and it really feels good. <laughs> so listen, while I have to admit that sometimes it's challenged, the result of the freedom that you can begin to experience, the results of the life that God has for you that's in abundance to the full till it overflows far outweighs any effort that it takes to get your thoughts, feelings, actions, and words in alignment with the Word of God. We get to choose what we believe. It's my prayer that we'll choose to believe the Word of God, that the Word of God will be the foundation on which we build our lives upon. Let me pray. This has been a presentation of Amarillo Fellowship, a community dedicated to spreading the love and hope of Christ. For more information and other podcasts, visit Amarillo Fellowship. Jesus.